Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials for the buy one Get one free offer on Giza Sheets. All you got to do, Renegade Nation, is enter the promo code RENEGADE or call 1-800-889-6817 for these great specials. That's 1-800-889-6817. Use the promo code RENEGADE. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. However you may feel about astrology, it was the original science from which all other sciences were born out of. And although today's pop culture paints it as pseudoscience, occult traditions see it as sacred knowledge. While it is a great mystery, it is as predictable as mathematics and experiential for everyone. And today, astrologically speaking, is a very interesting day for America and individual freedom worldwide. Today is 2-22-2022, the first time Pluto is conjunct to the United States since July 4, 1776, a 248-year event known as Pluto's return. Every time a planet returns to the same degree it was in relation to your location of birth, you experience a return. Many of us can personally understand the idea of Saturn's return. It takes Saturn about 29 years to orbit the sun. And so it happens roughly around your 29th birthday. Because Saturn symbolizes severity and discipline, this time is known as an era of learning through harsh reality for those who haven't already mastered self-discipline. Pluto symbolizes destruction and rebirth. And so Pluto's return which lasts about two years, is considered to be a time of destruction and rebirth. During the Roman Empire's first Pluto's return, the Severan dynasty collapsed, a time known as the crisis of the third century. And their second Pluto return took place 10 years before the end of the Roman Empire. And now America's first Pluto's return on 2-22-2022, 2 times 2 times 2 times 222 equals 1776. It begins on a Tuesday and it lasts two years. Perhaps you dismiss all this as pseudoscience woo-woo, but it is important to know that the occultists who sway the governments of the world do not. They take this sort of thing very seriously, which could explain why they all seem to be in such a frantic hurry. More than America... July 4th, 1776 symbolizes individual freedom. 
And so, astrologically speaking, the next two years will mark either the destruction or rebirth of these individual freedoms that were born in 1776. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. That's the latest Greg Reese report. You can find it band.video. I'm sure it was just a coincidence that today at 2.22 and 22 seconds p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Joe Biden went live with an address, the first thing he did today, discussing Ukraine. I'm sure that was just a coincidence that that was the exact time on the clock when he went live. Now, I'm not too big into astrology. I mean, it's very curious to me. It's it's kind of a mystical thing to me. I've I've studied it. I like uh, the astral signs and everything. Uh, I, I just see it as more knowledge to be consumed. But you have to say the coincidence of all of it is certainly mystifying. And there's no doubt, and there's all kinds of documentaries out there, uh, maybe like a beginner's level most people have seen is like the zeitgeist. History, historical documents all seem to coincide with astrology. Is that coincidence? Is it by design? Is it, is it, is it God's design? Is it, is it man's creation? Is it a shadow government? Is it, is it something else? It's all going on. But the question is this. Whether you believe in the astrology of it or not, clearly we are on a destiny. We are on a plane and we are at a fork in the road. And it either goes towards human freedom worldwide or tyranny against humanity worldwide. And we've seen what that tyranny represents. We've seen that. It's, it's, it's worldwide now. You're seeing it in Canada. You're seeing it in America. Political prisoners, political assassinations, uh, letting your criminals out of jail to cause more crimes. But is it the death of the new world order and the death of tyranny? Or is it the death of human freedom and the birth of tyranny? That's the split. That's the fork. And we're all history's actors now. Which way do you... Ladies and gentlemen, it's 2-22-22, February 22nd, 2022. This is the InfoWars War Room brought to you by InfoWarsStore.com. I'm your host, Owen Schroyer, with you for the next three hours. Streaming live at band.video. We've got a couple great guests on with us today. We've got a former member of, I forget the group he was with. I don't have my sheet in front of me, my cheat sheet in front of me because the crew is uh, working on some other stuff behind the scenes. But he was on with Alex last week. He's been a guest. Ed Dowd is his name. And uh, he'll be talking about Canada. He'll be talking about the Great Reset, the World Economic Forum, with a little, of the, a little bit of the keyhole view that he's seen into that. And then... Bianca Garcia is going to join me in the last hour. She was one of the big original organizers and founders of Latinos for Trump. She's now taking her activism to the next level and running for office. So you see us getting a lot of these great candidates on the air that are making waves. I've got 
couple video clips, not too many today. And I've got about six or seven stacks of news I got to get to. We've got some of the latest developments when it comes to Russia and Ukraine. And then some of the obvious questions that aren't being answered. Because the truth is, we don't know everything that's going on. We don't know. We, we get the Western perspective. We get the Western media talking points and narratives. But obviously, Putin and Zelensky have their own thing going on. And so we'll get a little bit of an idea of what that is. And then the normal players here calling for war, Liz Cheney, Lindsey Graham, nothing new there. Uh, the, the new phenomenon would be that now you have liberal publications, liberal websites that were anti-war in the Bush years and voted for Obama because he said he would end all the wars. He expanded them, actually bombed more countries than Bush. But that's not the point. The point is now you have the leftist anti-war or what was once an anti-war movement now wants war with Russia. Amazing. So we'll be highlighting all that. Some admissions from our friends at the CDC and once again, our leftist journalists, they're basically admitting everything they did didn't work. Now they're not relinquishing any of it. They're just saying, yeah, all of these protocols didn't work. So what? We're doing them anyway. That's that's their new thing. Or if you're at the CDC, they want to act like, oh, we had nothing to do with shutdowns and masks and vaccines. We, that wasn't us. What are you talking about? Don't look over here as the whole thing is collapsing. More states removing themselves from the Democrat-run National School Board Association after they teamed up with the FBI to label innocent parents as terrorists and continue to spy on them as such. So. States are getting out of that corrupt organization. Uh, once you get these liberals involved and you have to deal with them, yeah, you uh, you you want to get out of that real quick. We've got news out of Canada as well. The tyranny there is ongoing. Maybe the worst in the world right now. Australia, maybe the worst for non-vaccinated individuals. Canada, maybe the worst just in general. I've got some other cultural news here transgenders showering, sleeping with girls and your daughters and swimming with, with girls and crushing their records. And uh, you won't believe what Seattle has done to beat racism. Oh, folks, they've done it. Seattle has solved it all. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be covering how Seattle has solved it all when it comes to racism coming up. But then when you see, here's the thing. When you, you cannot apply leftist liberal logic universally it, it it cannot that's why they're always having double think that's why they always have double standards and hypocrisies because logic is supposed to be applied universally logic logic is logic these people don't have logic they have bias they have conditioning and they have their brainwashing propaganda responses to everything and so we'll we'll, we'll explain that and we'll apply liberal logic universally to some of these stories and you'll realize wait a second how come this logic doesn't apply universally because it's not logic it's lies is what it is an interesting situation that i think i mean you can talk about all the things that are wrong in america and you can talk about the plights of average americans and there's a story today 
that that coincides with something I was going to cover yesterday, but didn't get to it. Then I saw this other story last night, and they merge perfectly. And I think if we can understand what has happened with this singular issue when it comes to wage growth, inflation, and the cost of living in America, we could solve so many problems because the truth is gold, the value of gold has been synthetically held down. Gold should be probably worth, I mean, conservatively speaking, 10 times what it's worth now, maybe a thousand, maybe literally a million. Because it's like the price of gold barely goes up, but somehow the dollar goes way go up. But then the value of gold stays low when, when the inflation goes high. So that's synthetic, but that's just a side issue. It's the same for housing. It's the same for everything. So, so we'll cover that economic deal when we come back later on in the broadcast to it. And I'm also hoping to hit the latest Epstein news, another Epstein, another Epstein associate found dead in a prison cell. We don't know what happened. The videos are corrupted. We can't see in the cell. We have no idea. Epstein associate, big fashion mogul. And, uh, oh, oops, we were investigating him for the Epstein ties. He's gone now. Oops, we don't know. Can't figure it out. We don't know what's going on. And then uh, a little update on the investigation into the Clinton crimes that led to the illegal spying on Donald Trump. And I've got a stack of the continuation of the crime sprees that are happening in Democrat-run cities. And it's just sadly the same that we've been seeing for years now, but it's just getting worse. Ladies and gentlemen, it is just getting worse. So that's what we have coming up for you today. Now, let me do this before I really focus and delve into the news here and then get the great guests on. This transmission today is powered by Brain Force Plus. In fact, I may need to, yep, running a little low here, so we're going to have to re-up on Brain Force Plus soon. I take Brain Force Plus before I go on air for ultimate focus. It is the best nootropic that I have found for mental clarity and focus. Helps me do a three-hour talk show every day. We also have a little bit more powerful formula at InfoWarsStore.com, which is BrainForce Ultra. BrainForce Plus is 25% off. BrainForce Ultra right now is 40% off. So pick which one you like the best. I kind of like to switch. The liquid tincture BrainForce Ultra, definitely a little more powerful, a little quicker acting than the capsules of BrainForce Plus, but that's what I'm taking now. BrainForce Plus, 25% off. BrainForce Ultra, 40% off. Now, most people are deficient in iodine. That's why we launched a nascent iodine supplement at InfoWarsStore.com. Survival Shield X3 Tri-Iodine is 50% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So, Those are just some of the specials. We want you to be healthy, and we know that the current food has had a lot of the essential vitamins and minerals removed from it because of the GMOs and the lacking of the soil. That's why we sell the supplements at InfoWarsStore.com. We hope it can help you get in the best health 
of your life and have a strong immune system. So check out all the supplements at InfoWarsStore.com to reach peak health and longevity. And don't forget the hats, the T-shirts, the air filters, the water filters. We'll have a story on the water filter, by the way, later today. You're going to really want a water filter after you see this one. So I did it. I signed up for the Austin Marathon. I've been training probably not as much as I should be, but thank goodness for prayer and thank goodness for InfoWarsStore.com. Before I set out on a run, I throw down some Turbo Force to give me that energy I need to get going. You know, besides the energy, Turbo Force It is giving me the vitamins I need, like vitamin C to keep me healthy, and the essential B vitamins plus the amino acids for sustained energy, giving me the best chance at getting through the training. And then every day now, I'm taking Dr. Jones Soreless. I have bad joints. Thanks, Mom. So this is great for giving my joints the extra support they need right now, plus inflammation support and extra flexibility. The quick-release capsules help me recover fast so I can get back to the training. Even if you're not crazy enough, to take on a marathon. Good news, Turbo Force, that can still give you the energy and clarity you need for every day, and Soreless can keep you moving and feeling great at any age. Sleepless nights seem to be a lot more common these days with everything that's going on both at home and the world at large. If you are having trouble getting to that deep sleep we could all use more of, our new sleep support formula, Down and Out, is just the thing. It's our new, faster-absorbing liquid formula that is specifically designed to help you get the shut-eye you deserve. Formulated to improve upon our best-selling product, Knockout, with Down and Out, now the herbs and melatonin packed inside are extracted directly into the glycerin solution. So the ingredients are already dissolved into the formula before you even take it. One of the other sleep support herbs included is the passion flower, which was traditionally used by Native Americans like the Cherokees, who used it for its relaxing qualities. Be sure to take this product when you are completely ready for sleep, because you will be down and out. Selling out now at InfoWarsStore.com. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. These were the sites from eastern Ukraine, the Donbas region, that has always had its controversy and its separatists and and been feuded over. But they're out waving Russian flags last night, firing fireworks off all night. So they don't seem too upset with what Putin has said. They don't seem too upset with what Putin is planning. Seems to be only the Western intelligence agencies and media that seem to be so upset with it. Why would that be? That should raise ire and suspicion in and of itself. Now, I've got some more video clips to go to here, but let's let's kind of look at some of the latest here and and figure out what exactly is happening. Now, I think that there's certain drawbacks and perspectives that you need to have for context to really be truthful about your opinion or your coverage or what's going on in Russia or Ukraine. Here's an example. 
For years now, the Saudi Arabian government has been devastating the country of Yemen. Devastating. And, I mean, you can see some of the images that come out of Yemen, and it's not good. Now, this has been going on for years. Do you ever hear about Yemen in the Western media? Do you ever hear about people scolding Saudi Arabia, wanting to go into Saudi Arabia? Does Yemen deserve to be a sovereign nation? Does the people of Yemen deserve to be free and prosper? Or do they just deserve to just be bombed whenever the hell Saudi Arabia feels like it or moved in on and just, you know, whatever. It's just, oh, Yemen? What happens in Yemen? We don't care. The wars, the famines, the starvation. Oh, this is even new news. I didn't even know that this was new news. I was just going to use it as context, but wow, perfectly. The crew finds it anyway. Best crew in the game. Saudi Arabia, 16 hurt in airport drone attack from Yemen. So there's, there's feuds going on all over the planet. All over the planet. Now, do you get your heartstrings tugged on you because of what's happening in Yemen? Do you see the images of starving children? Do you see the images of buildings blown apart and body parts and blood everywhere? Do you have media and politicians in the West saying we need to do something about Yemen? You don't. Well, why is that versus what we see from Ukraine and Russia? Now, I'm not going to go into the why there because I don't have the time. But, you know, you can pretty much guess the why. It's the same old politics. It's the same old corruption. It's the same old uh, worldwide agenda. Yemen getting destroyed is okay. Russia having any control of its destiny or, or working with Ukraine, not okay. What's going on in Yemen is much worse than what's happening in Ukraine. I promise you that. But they won't cover it. Is it because of their friends in Saudi Arabia? Is it because of the missiles we sell to Saudi Arabia? Is it because they also have something they want to cover up in Ukraine or another agenda with Ukraine that they don't have in Yemen? Well, let's move on. So, but that's just some of the context. By the way, I mean, you could even use the context of how some of the left, by the way, this is a split on the left and they'll never really be honest about it some on the left say you know anti-semitism is the biggest problem ever you know that used to be the big calling card of the left was oh poor jews poor israel and chuck schumer and others well now you have the radical left that wants israel off the map literally and so they're not really gonna i don't know when they'll come to the table to have that real talk or who or maybe none of them really care but it's the same thing like oh israel shouldn't exist it's, it's not their land. It's these people's land. Well, should Ukraine exist? Is it Ukraine's land? Is it Russia's land? So again, I, I'm just saying, let's, let's put all these things into context. Let's put all these things into perspective. And, and then let's ask the hows and the whys. So here you have Slate Magazine, well-known leftist publication. Putin paves a path to war. Oh, Putin paves a path to war. It's Putin. And they just go in here attacking Putin. They don't explain the war. They don't explain the the, the costs, the consequences, or, or who would even be involved. It's just a hit piece on Putin, blaming Putin for war, which which tells me it, it really is Western forces that want this war. It, it could not be any clearer. For, for whatever the reason is, Western forces want this war. They want, they want a war with Putin. They want a war with Russia. Whether it's in the name of standing up for Ukraine or their borders or their sovereignty or 
or, 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 or they'll, they'll have a cyber attack here. It'll be a false flag and they'll blame Russia. They'll blame Putin. They are desperate for this war and they're going to do whatever they can to get it. Now, is it going to work? Are they going to succeed? I don't know. But how is it that the left that used to be anti-war and said Bush was a war criminal and the Republicans were war criminals, now all of a sudden they support this war in Ukraine for no good reason? Now, I've got a video here of Ukraine's President Zelensky, but he's speaking, uh, well, he's not speaking in English. So I'm just going to read part of this transcript here. And if they want to play the video in the background, that's fine. But, but here's just part of what Zelensky said, which is, to me, the most important. The truth is on our side. We will never hide the truth from you. As soon as we see a change in the situation... As soon as we see an increased risk, you will know about it. There is currently no reason for chaotic actions. So again, you have the Ukrainian president saying, hey, let's calm down here. I'm talking with Putin. We're working together. You have the Belarus president, who you, you could say, you know, okay, maybe he's a, a, a Russian puppet or whatever. The point is, the surrounding nations in Ru that border Russia that are in that region are saying, hey, relax, it's all okay. There's nothing new here, no cause for alarm. We're talking to Putin. We're working with Putin. And Zelensky probably, I don't think he wants to show his hand too much and doesn't want to come off as weak. But my guess is Zelensky is probably looking at Russia and Putin saying, hey, you want to handle the situation in the Donbass region? You want to handle these separatists? You want to handle that conflict? We'll let you handle it. We're still going to be Ukraine. We're still going to work for ourselves and our independence, and we'll, we'll decide our own fate. But you know what? We're willing to work with you, Russia. We're willing to work with you, Putin. We've had problems in these regions. If you can come in and, and sort some of it out, and then we can go from there. They've declared themselves independent years ago, folks, in the Donbass region. So, so it's always been a, a debate. Well, I think now they're trying to end that debate. And are they going to be their own regions? Are they going to be Russia? Are they going to be Ukraine? I don't know. But clearly Zelensky and Putin are simpatico and don't have problems. And you have Zelensky trying to say, hey, we don't need war here. We don't need chaos. We're working diplomatically. You have Putin saying, hey, we don't want war here. We're not looking to go invade. We're working diplomatically. There's problems in this region. We're going to go in. We consider it Russia anyway. Now you can argue, is that just Putin saying that so he doesn't consider it an invasion for part of Russia propaganda or whatever, it doesn't matter. No one in that actual region, none of the players in that actual region are calling for war. It's all the Western media. It's all the Western politicians. So that right there should tell you so a lot. And I've got Lindsey Graham here. He's war hawking. I've got Liz Cheney here. She's war hawking. I guess they want their Halliburton stock to rise. But when we come back, Biden is telling you, you're going to pay the cost for what Putin is doing. You are the Americans. Why do my enemies hate me so much? Why do the globalists hate you so much? Why do they hate America so much? Because it's an idea of freedom that their tyrannical system that they're pushing cannot coexist with. It's very, very simple. For their world government, their anti-human, post-human eugenic system to flourish... Freedom and liberty and due process and justice and God-fearing systems must fail. So sure, you didn't start a fight with Bill Gates. You didn't start a fight with David Rockefeller. You didn't start a fight with the UN. They started a fight with you. And they're not going to back down and they're not going to go away. 
and they're not going to ever stop their attacks until they have the fear of God put into them. But the average person still doesn't even know about the New World Order or about globalism or about corporate fascism. And it's not until people understand that and that we're under attack that we have any chance of beating these people. Infowars.com forward slash show. This broadcast is not for the weak-minded. It's the War Room with Owen Schroyer. Watch the live stream at band.video. Just showing you the signs and the sounds and the sights from eastern Ukraine that the mainstream media won't show you. We showed a bunch of this yesterday, too. The people in the Donbass region celebrating Putin's announcement, waving Russian flags. But boy, oh boy, is Biden clamoring for a war, or I guess more likely the people who run Biden. And so here is Biden saying, you're going to pay the costs of this war, because that's, I guess, our duty is whenever our corrupt government says war, we're supposed to jump up and die and spill our treasure and blood in whatever part of the planet they deem it's our duty, even if it has nothing to do with us as they get more rich and more powerful. It's really sick, disgusting stuff. And it continues. And so here is Biden saying, you, you, the American people, you're going to pay the cost for this war that supposedly nobody wants, but that they're going to launch. Here it is in clip 10. Defending freedom will have cost for us as well. Defending freedom. Pause it right there and restart it. Defending freedom. Boy, boy, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to not blow up today and start screaming and yelling and pounding the desk. You're going to say defending freedom? What freedom? What what about our freedom? What about our freedom of speech? What about our freedom to bear arms? What about our freedom to assemble? What about our freedom not to be subjected to medical procedures? What about our freedoms, Joe? I mean, I I, I just tell you, my heartbeat, my, my blood pressure just increased tenfold. I mean, that's for, for you to sit here and say, talk about the cost of freedom and freedom. We've lost our freedoms in this country, you bastard. All right, I need to just take a deep breath, start the clip over and play it. I'm going to try not to start raging here, but I got to tell you, it's tough to hear Biden talking to me about freedom as my freedoms are being ripped away. And he's going to talk to me about freedom because of something that's happening on the other side of the planet that has nothing to do with me. Man, F you. Go back to go back to Chairman Joe. Defending freedom will have cost. For us as well, and here at home, we need to be honest about that. But as we will do, but as we do this, I'm going to take robust action to make sure the pain of our sanctions is targeted at the Russian economy, not ours. Yeah, good luck with that. You shut off our oil. You shut off our gas. You're trying to bring in Green New Deal legislation. No, no. So gas prices are going to go up. Energy prices are going to go up and supply chain, uh, the supply chain 
being supplied is going to go down. And and he's going to say, that's the price you, the American, are paying because we want a war with Russia. You, the American, don't want the war. You didn't vote for the war. They probably won't even go to Congress for approval for this. And you're going to pay the cost. Your bills are going to go up. Your energy bills are going to go up. Your price of the pump is going to go up. Your national security is going to go down. You're going to see more supply chain issues. And here's Biden saying, this is the price you're paying to fight for Ukraine's freedom. When the president of Ukraine comes out and says, relax, it's all good. What is going on here? It's really amazing stuff that they can pull the wool over Americans' eyes any further with their blatant lies, their blatant misinformation. I mean, a second grader should be able to figure out how none of this makes any sense. All of a sudden, Ukraine's freedom is our biggest issue and we have to pay the cost for Ukraine's freedom when the president of Ukraine is not complaining, when the people of Ukraine are not complaining. And it's just Western media and our politicians complaining and we have to pay the price. Somebody explain that to me. When I've got my neighbors to the north, Canada, that are dealing with total tyranny right now. I mean, folks are being uh, hundreds of people. I mean, it's January 6th north. Hundreds of people are being arrested and disappeared and yet never hear from them again. When are they getting out? Nobody knows. When do they have court? What court? They're political prisoners now. They're terrorists. We're holding them forever. Don't you know? They waved an American flag in D.C. That's a terrorist. Arrest them forever. They waved a Canadian flag in Ottawa. That's a terrorist. Arrest them forever. Oh, you were burning down buildings? You were rioting? You were murdering? You tried to kill a a Republican running for office? You tried to kill a Republican in office? That's all fine and dandy. That's all good. Don't even worry about that. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, they don't even exist. What buildings burning? What... What mass rioting, what assaults, what, no, 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 none of that even exists. But you waved a Canadian flag in Ottawa, you waved an American flag in D.C., you're going, you're gone. You're, you're getting disappeared North Korea style, and you're never getting out. And it's so wrong, it, it's so evil. Honestly, and so we all are, quite frankly. But what are we to do? When does, when does the threshold change? When does the gauge burst? When does the pressure meter, meter burst? How much tyranny do we put up with until it gets so bad and, and, and there's actually real pushback and, and historically what happens is, is violence and war? I mean, how close do we have to get to full Nazi Germany? How close do we have to get to North Korea in this country? How bad is it going to be? I mean, because, you know, like when Hitler just got into power, like people didn't think it was that bad. Oh, he's not that bad. He's not going to do this. He's not going to do that. Even when they had the concentration camps, people denied the concentration camps were even real. But eventually it got so bad, so out of control. People admitted it was evil finally and said, we have to do something about this. So how bad is this great reset, new world order, medical tyranny going to get? But we'll come back to that. I go back in time to a story from Patrick Halley and a cartoon from Ben Garrison here. Headline from the National File. This is over two years ago now, January 31st, 2020. Ukraine corruption 
because they were just trying to uh, impeach Trump again. Ukraine corruption, Obama, Biden, Soros, Schiff, Bolton, Pelosi, Kerry, Romney, Clinton. And it goes into all these different politicians' ties into Ukraine, how their family members are making millions of dollars in Ukraine, how they launder political intelligence illegally through Ukraine. And it's all highlighted, and it's like a really long story from two years ago from Patrick Halley at National File. And then you have the Ben Garrison cartoon that came out around the same time. And you've got John Kerry, Mitt Romney, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, whose who's sons and daughters have all made gobs of money in Ukraine. We're talking millions and millions, folks. And it's them pointing the finger at Trump because of a phone call with Ukraine as they've enriched their family members to the tunes of millions of dollars in Ukraine. So that's all going on. U.N. Security Council meets Ukraine crisis as Biden readies new Russian sanctions. So the U.N. is ready for war. It's NATO we want war. It's the U.N. we want war. It's the Western media we want war. And so, you know, I could know nothing about Putin or I could I could have I could have despised for Putin, whatever the case may be. But then I see the U.N., I see Biden, I see the Democrats, I see NATO, I see all these corrupt institutions that I know are corrupt, that I know hate me, and I see them going after Putin. Well, boy, oh boy, Putin's starting to look pretty good. And he's standing up to these people. So Putin might be bad, Putin might be good, but boy, oh boy, I know he's not the U.N., I know he's not trying to run my life, I know he doesn't want to bring drag queen story time to my school and my library. I know he doesn't want to feminize men. I know he doesn't want to have the government pay for for tranny surgeries. And that's why they all hate him, isn't it? Right there. That's why they hate Putin. Because he doesn't want to be in the New World Order. He doesn't want Russia to be in the New World Order. And he's actually trying to do things diplomatically in Ukraine to stop Ukraine from going into the New World Order. So, So they have to launch a war. And you, the American, will pay for it, says Biden. Back in stock, down and out liquid sleep support. It's been out of stock for a while. It's one of uh, three sleep aids we have at InfoWarsStore.com. This one has been very popular. It's sold off the shelves. It's back in stock, down and out liquid sleep support. This is probably the strongest sleep aid that we have, I would say. Knockout, Rocket Rest, both great. Comes in pill form. This is the liquid tincture, and I think this is probably the most powerful one. Survival Shield X2 Nascent Iodine. This is, if you haven't done an iodine challenge yet, have, have you haven't done the iodine challenge, what are you waiting for? Now is the time. Super male and super female vitality. Living Defense Plus and the Organic Greens Fiber Caps. Uh, we have a limited supply of these right now, but we want to sell them all out so we can order a new batch. It was very popular. The Organic Greens Fiber Caps. But we have all kinds of other great supplements that uh, are, are great for so many different things. Take advantage of those. A riotous mob. Whether they were present that day or were otherwise criminally responsible for the assault on our democracy. Insurrections. We will follow the facts wherever they lead. Domestic terrorists. The days of independent media are numbered. The government has made it illegal to oppose them. They are now debanking us behind the scenes. They want to bankrupt us and make us go away quietly. With practically half the population wanting to lock the unvaccinated up in camps, the traitors know they can shut us down by force. But that would accelerate the awakening exponentially. So be it. Make them silence us by force. 
This is the final battle of the information war. Give now. Buy products. Donate. Before everything changes. We need you to carry us through to the end. Victory or death. Go now to InfoWarStore.com. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. Well, Biden says he's concerned about freedom in Ukraine. No one in Ukraine seems to be as concerned as he is, so he wants a war. But what about freedom in America? What about freedom in Canada? No, 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 no. We're not concerned with that. You don't have any freedoms here. We're concerned about freedom for Ukraine. But what about Canada? Well, the president of El Salvador gets it. El Salvador's president slams Trudeau. The real war is not in Ukraine, it's in Canada. President of El Salvador, Nayib Bukele, really seems to get it. Really seems to know what's going on. Maybe El Salvador is the place to go. I mean, hell, all the dregs of Central America moved to America, so it's like wide open country space now. There's barely even any law enforcement. Yeah, it's corrupt, but it's like they're not coming to your house. They're certainly not coming to find you if you posted the wrong thing on the internet. El Salvador wants to adopt Bitcoin. So, uh, you know, this is kind of the new shakeup of the world. And I guess it's just how it's got to be. But with all the, the third world dregs of Central America, by the millions, they've all relocated to the United States of America. So, I mean, what's even going? Is anybody left in Central America? What's even going on down there? Uh, not really. So, but he gets it. Biden doesn't. A social credit system arrives in Canada. Justin Trudeau just created a cast of economic untouchables. Can we stop this dystopian policy from taking hold in America? It's already here. It's already here. Why do you think people are on no-fly lists? Why do you think people are getting banned from the internet? Why do you think people are getting debanked? Why do you think people are getting arrested? We already have a social credit system here. We're already being introduced into the Chinese communist style, but in a one world government system where your rights don't exist. Tell me if this sounds familiar. The Canadian Broadcasting Company just asked Justin Trudeau if he would hold on to power for two to three months in case the truckers come back, meaning... Would you stay the emergency, the state of emergency because of the truckers? Would you, would you maintain that for two to three months in case the truckers came back? My goodness, folks, imagine if the truckers came back. They might blow up a bounce house for their kids. They might start up a food kitchen for the homeless. They might be serving hot coffee and playing street hockey and waving flags, and playing music, and dancing, and loving on one another. What if the truckers came back? It's not the violent, rioting Democrat mobs that that seem to come along every other year or so, and burn your cities to the ground, and insult the people, assault people in the streets, murdering dozens. They don't seem too concerned about that, but oh my gosh, the truckers! 
So you know what Trudeau said? He said, yeah. I'm thinking three months to slow the spread. Uh, oh. oh, and there it is. And there it is. Two weeks to slow the spread. You're in, you're going to be in year three. Three months to stop the truckers. Yeah, you're never going to see the end of that. When will they take the walls down that shut down Ottawa? Two, two weeks to slow the spread. Three months to stop the convoy. Once they get power, they never relinquish it. Justin Trudeau is the biggest tyrant in Western history, in modern Western history. And and Justin Trudeau is the biggest tyrant in American history. Canada being part of North America. I mean, if Biden really cared about freedom, he would declare. What are some of the provinces right there to the north? I mean, Saskatchewan. He would declare. Canadian provinces to be liberated. See, that's what Biden did. Or excuse me. That's what Putin did. So if Biden really cared about freedom, he would declare those provinces that Trudeau has put under tyranny, he would declare them independent to be free. And guess what? They'd go out in the streets and they'd wave American flags and they'd light fireworks and they'd celebrate just like you're seeing in Ukraine. But no, instead, Biden says, you, the American people, are going to suffer and pay for our war in Ukraine. In the most evil, diabolical announcement that you could even see from your president. We know you don't want this war. We know you're already struggling. It's only us that want this war to protect ourselves. And so we're going to war and you're going to pay for all of it. F you, I'm Joe Biden. Oops, was that was that on the teleprompter? Who put that on there? And by the way, all these meetings are falling apart. Blinken says the meeting with Lavrov is canceled. So Biden tried to have the detente with Putin. Putin said, buzz off. Blinken tries to have a conversation with Lavrov and Russia says, buzz off. They don't want to deal with you. You're corrupt scumbags. You are, you are lying scum. And see, most people would see this and say, why would, why would Russia do this? This is not a good look for them. This is, they don't care. You don't understand. You have to understand the Russian mindset. They don't, they don't waste time. They don't play patty cake. They don't play little games with little kids. They're not going to waste their time talking to Biden. They know he's a criminal scumbag and a liar. They know Blinken's a scumbag. Why would they deal with them? So, so, so they don't think, oh, they don't have this political correct umbrella hanging over them all the time. Like, oh, oh I'm Putin. I'm Lavrov. I want to make sure that nobody's feelings get hurt. I want to make sure the Americans' feelings don't get hurt and the Western media's feelings don't get hurt. So I'll sit down with Biden, even though it's a waste of everyone's time and he's just a liar and a con man anyway. No, they say, uh, no, thank you. You're a liar and a con man. We'll pass. And we know you're going to write stories and do all that stuff anyway. You do that already. So what's the difference? Moving on. And, and, and so now the media has been turned into narcs in Canada. A global news drone image from late this a.m. This was yesterday. A farm 100 kilometers from Ottawa, about 125 vehicles here and nearby, including many rigs seen on Parliament Hill these last few weeks. PM said the nearby presence of these vehicles justifies continued use of Emergencies Act. So 
They're following with drones and cars and helicopters where the people are leaving Ottawa and going to, and they're finding some of them massing at farms in the area, and then they're going and and taking photos of those farms and turning it over to the government and saying, look, we found them. They went to this farm. Seize them. Arrest them. We have them. We've got them. And then the willing thugs of Trudeau show up and do it. Here's some more of your where is the left on this issue that they fought for for so long. This one, folks, I'm telling you, like, I never got into media or politics to do the left-right divide. Quite frankly, I I don't like that. That's not what I'm here for, and I don't even like being a part of it, but I, I have to tell the truth at all costs. Liberals have no values. They have no principles. And and here is a perfect example. Ottawa police videotaped using horses to trample native Mohawk woman on a walker at Freedom Convoy. So think about this. First of all, you've got a handicapped woman. Nobody, nobody on the left is standing up for her after being trump, trampled by police brutality. You have a Native American woman. The left always loves talking about Native Americans and how they care about Native Americans and how their land was stolen. Well, this one just got trampled while she was while she was trying to walk through with a walker. She gets trampled by a horse. Nothing from the left. What about the anti-police brutality left? Is this not police brutality trampling a woman with a horse? They're silent. They're silent on a Native American having her land taken. They're silent on a handicapped woman getting trampled by police. And they're silent on blatant police brutality because they're liars and frauds. And they're brainwashed to do whatever the television tells them to do. But how about this angle? Let's go back in time. Does this one ring a bell? Worse than slavery, Democrat Maxine Waters slams Border Patrol whipping Haitian migrants. Remember that? Remember that fiasco? Remember Biden came out and made a press conference? Kamala Harris came out and made a press conference and they said, we're investigating the use of horses and whips, abusing illegal immigrants. The loving illegal immigrants being abused. It's police brutality. It's, it's, they shouldn't have horses. They shouldn't have whips. Well, they lied about the whips and then they tried to, they tried to remove horses from being used. And all the border patrol was like, are you insane? But remember how, remember how outraged the Democrats were when they saw horses being used for law enforcement at the Southern border, but they see it in Canada. Where's Maxine Waters? Worse than slavery. A Native American woman gets trampled by a horse and they say nothing. So I did it. I signed up for the Austin Marathon. I've been training probably not as much as I should be, but thank goodness for prayer and thank goodness for InfoWarsStore.com. Before I set out on a run, I throw down some Turbo Force to give me that energy I need to get going. You know, besides the energy, Turbo Force It is giving me the vitamins I need, like vitamin C to keep me healthy, and the essential B vitamins, plus the amino acids for sustained energy, giving me the best chance at getting through the training. 
And then every day now, I'm taking Dr. Jones Soreless. I have bad joints. Thanks, Mom. So this is great for giving my joints the extra support they need right now, plus inflammation support and extra flexibility. The quick-release capsules help me recover fast so I can get back to the training. Even if you're not crazy enough to take on a marathon, good news, Turbo Force, that can still give you the energy and clarity you need for every day, and Soreless can keep you moving and feeling great at any age. The fight for the future is now. This is The War Room with Owen Schroyer. Watch the live stream at band.video. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Seattle has done it. Seattle has defeated racism with one law repeal. It's unbelievable, folks, but we've got it figured out. The Democrats in Seattle have solved racism. Seattle repeals racist bicycle helmet law. Hmm. Officials argue people of color and the homeless get ticketed more than whites. Wait a second. White people are homeless, too, so that doesn't make sense. And how can a helmet, how can a bicycle helmet law be racist unless it specifically says it's only targeting one race? Ah, see, there's your liberal logic. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a racist bicycle helmet law. The law doesn't say if you're black, you have to wear a helmet. Or if you're white, you have to wear a helmet. It says if you're on a bike, you have to wear a helmet. Show me the racism there. Well, of course, there isn't. It's, it's once again, liberal insanity, liberal mental illness. Liberal retardation. So you say, okay, but what's their logic? Seattle drops bike helmet rule after finding it unfairly targeted people of color and homeless people. Again, with the homeless people, well, many homeless people are white. And so here's what happened. They looked at all the cited infractions of bicycle helmet violations. And what they found was that Most of the citations for not wearing a bike helmet were given to black people. So, because most black people or more black people were breaking the bike helmet law in Seattle, they decided to abolish the law. That's what it is. Now, let's be clear. Bike helmet laws, to me, are an egregious overreach of government, just like seatbelt laws. So I don't care who's getting arrested for not wearing a bike helmet. It's a ridiculous law to begin with. Shouldn't exist. But instead, they they probably realize that it should have never existed and they're just acting virtuous. Like, oh, we're getting rid of it because of racism. None of it makes any sense. But, But let's get back to the point here. So here's the logic. Because more black people have been cited violating this law, we're gonna get rid of the law. Okay. Should we apply that logic universally? If more black people commit murder in America, should we abolish murder? If more black people commit arson or robbery or battery or assault or theft or car theft, should we get rid of those laws too? Because that's the logic here. Or maybe we should go further. If a black person is ever arrested for anything in this country, We should probably abolish the law. Or wait a second. I've got it. This would be even better. Let's just say the laws don't apply to black people and let's only apply them to white people. 
That's the one. Yes. And of course, that's what they're in the process of doing. How do you think black attempted murderers get out of jail within 24 hours, but Owen Schroyer spends more than a day in jail for standing inside the D.C. Capitol with a piece of tape over his mouth? Remember the high school student that went and shot up his high school? Released within 24 hours. Remember Quintez Brown, the the next big up-and-coming Democrat activist, maybe even running for office someday? Tried to murder a political candidate, a Jewish person, a conservative, a Republican. Remember that? Out of jail, bailed out by Black Lives Matter within 24 hours. So I don't think, I think we should apply this liberal logic universally. So because more black people in Seattle were getting citations for violating the bike helmet law and they got rid of it because of that, we should apply that logic universally and say any violations or any laws where it's mostly black people getting charged with the infractions, we should just abolish those laws altogether. So whether it's murder, rape, anything, if it's mostly getting charged to black people, then we should get rid of those laws or we should just say it only applies to white people. Which liberal logic do you want to go with on this issue? Ladies and gentlemen, we are now joined by Edward Dowd. His resume is very long. I don't want to get into all of it, but very well known on Wall Street, very well known in the BlackRock community, formerly with BlackRock. And actually, it's amazing timing that Edward is on with me today because maybe he can explain what's going on with wages in comparison to the price of a house in America. But I'll get into that with him later with some of those anomalies that people are starting to raise ire about and question, how could this be? But Edward is with me today. And and let me start with this. When you see what's going on right now around the planet in response to COVID, which is really, they don't even talk about COVID anymore. It's just the tyranny and the great reset. When you see all these different implementations of the Great Reset being laid out, what is it that comes to your mind? What is it that that hits home hardest to you? What is it that you think people need to know the most about the Great Reset or these these international power brokers that are foisting it upon the planet? Edward Dowd. Hey, Owen. Good to see you. Thanks for having me today. Um, Look, uh, prior to COVID in 2018, 2019, there were a bunch of us on Wall Street who are worried about the sovereign debt bubble blowing up at some point. And I have experience in the credit markets and the equity markets. And this is a, you know, a financial conspiracy theory that went around for years. And uh, people had kind of forgotten about it because they'd kicked the can down the road for so long. But we knew it was coming and we didn't know uh, how they would deal with it. So when COVID hit, I didn't um, immediately think, wow, this is cover for a financial debt crisis. Uh, But as it unfolded, I started to get all sorts of hints that this was what they were going to use as an excuse to implode the system and uh, usher in a system of control to, you know, prevent riots, uh, suppress travel, 
uh, have an excuse as to all the mayhem that was occurring. Um, and so, you know, I quickly um, started seeing some tells. And one of the tells was uh, James Bullard, a Federal Reserve president, in, on April 5th, came out on Face the Nation and they asked him a bunch of economic questions. And then they asked, well, how are we going to bring the economy back given all the fear people have? And James Bullard had quite the answer. He said, um, well, we, because of technology, we can uh, create badges for people to wear to, to show whether or not they have immunity. Um, and then I thought that was just odd for a Federal Reserve president so quickly to offer a solution. You gotta remember April 5th was not that long after uh, the collapse of the stock market and the shutdowns. Well, and, and let me be clear here. So you're talking about someone from the Federal Reserve or from the stock market industry commenting on on health, commenting on your immune system? Uh, it's even so the Federal Reserve is the central bank of the United States of America, the world reserve currency. He's a pre, he's one of the presidents of the Federal Reserve Bank system. His he, he resides over the St. Louis Fed. So for him to so quickly talk about a solution just really piqued my interest. And uh, that's when it really dawned on me that uh, something was afoot and uh, my suspicions uh, kept unfolding over time. You know, when I was on Alex last week, we talked about my pinned uh, tweet predicting what would happen and how eerily it's it's come to, to bear. Um, that's exactly that. That's it. Face the nation right there. Um, and uh, you can listen to him. And uh, he, he says it quite, quite clearly. And then she said, well, when we come back from break, we'll talk about the surveillance technology that could help implement that. Now. Those of us on finance, we, we, those of us on Twitter who are uh, members of what we, we call FinTwit, it's the financial community. I got on Twitter originally to talk about markets and, and all kinds of things, but mostly markets and stocks. We raised a lot of objections to this and, and uh, decided this is crazy talk, right? Well, interestingly enough, that discussion uh, disappeared from the discourse in the nation, okay? It just was wiped off the face of the earth. It's hard to find that interview again. We, luckily, some uh, internet sleuths found it. But uh, that, and, and if, if you got to remember, in the summer of uh, 2020, if you talked about the coming vaccine passports, which I did, you were called a conspiracy theorist. That's right. They, so, and then and then they go on air, like you're saying, saying, "Oh, we're ready for the immune passports. We've got microchip technology. We've got." The va oh, first they even said, oh, there's not even going to, oh, don't even worry about vaccine. It might take five years anyway. And then it was a year later. Oh, vaccine passports. Yeah. So, you know, um, it became clear to me, uh, you know, around the April, May timeframe that COVID was get, was the convenient excuse to um, give cover to the Federal Reserve and the central banks across the globe to print money and uh, keep this thing going. Now, I have no proof of this. But, you know, I watch what people do and not what they say. Well, as they and say, the proof is in the pudding. Correct. And, you know, it's, it's prima facie uh, evidence on its face. So we have this virus, which 99.9% .9 of us survive unless we're morbidly obese or old and have comorbidities. Uh, and yet they kept tightening the screws. And especially in Europe, which has a greater debt problem than us and has a more pressing pension issue. So it just seems to me... Um, this coordinated global tyranny is not for our health. It's for another reason. And I think it's to cover up the coming sovereign debt collapse. That's just, that's just my thesis. But I, I think 
it's a reasonable thesis from a financial expert in the in the markets. Well, and, and we can get further into that, but I, I think what other people are realizing now, whether they agree with your analysis that it's to cover up for a financial collapse that they caused or it's for something else, they now are realizing, hey, all this COVID stuff really had nothing to do about a virus, really had nothing to do about stopping the spread. It's something else entirely. But let, let, let's kind of draw back to where you started. And I'm, and I'm shocked to, to hear what you just said, because I haven't really studied it like you have, that Europe is in a worse debt crisis than America. I thought America had it worse. If it's worse in Europe, I mean, my goodness. But, but let's try to put it in layman terms for people to understand. So let's say we have a World War III type scenario or, or we continue on with this great reset. I, I think that it's a fair conclusion to reach when you look at the financial bubbles, the debt bubbles, the credit bubbles, the, the synthetic keeping the prices of precious metals down and everything else that we've seen in these rigged economies. Eventually, it was going to burst. I mean, event, this can't go on forever. This credit bubble cannot go on forever. They obviously know that. And so they figured instead of having the collapse of the financial systems that would be blamed on us that did this, let's collapse the system so that when things get so chaotic, nobody will know who to blame, and then we'll just swoop in like the saviors. Well, you know, look, uh, that's, that's definitely, you know, part of what you and I call the Hegelian dialectic. You create a problem, you, um, you get the reaction you want, and then you offer the solution. So, you know, whether COVID was engineered or uh, is a convenient excuse, that's another debate. But let's just say it's being used as cover, in my opinion, for a sovereign debt collapse. And, um, you know, uh, if you just look at the coordinated action and the, and, and the talking points globally, this is not I mean, when did, when did global governments ever get together on one thing? Uh, rarely. So it's not for our safety. It's not for our health. It never was, in my personal opinion. And the evidence is coming out. And, you know, I've been working a lot on the, I believe personally the way to um, this whole um, uh, situation, the, the house of cards falls apart, is if we can prove Pfizer uh, clinical data is fraudulent. And I believe it is. And, that you know, if it is and, and, and we're seeing, you know, the bodies pile up. The, the insurance data and the funeral home data, it becomes, it becomes just too clear to too many people. And uh, once the vaccine um, fraud is exposed, everything else is exposed. So that, I'm focusing on that as a plan of action. I, I can't, you know, um, get a lot of headway talking about my grand mosaic that this is cover for, uh, for sovereign debt collapse, but I can expose Pfizer and that's what I'm working on. Well, and that's that's what I was going to ask you. and You ended up answering it anyway, was what what methodology do you use to try to get people to understand this? And I guess since we do have the data and a lot of people have the real world experience now dealing with these vaccines, either they got the vaccine and got sick, got the vaccine, had an adverse reaction, know somebody that got the vaccine and had a bad adverse reaction. And now they're telling you need two, three, four vaccines. That's definitely one area that I think people can kind of maybe start to open their eyes and ears and hear you out on. But perhaps there's some other things. Edward Dowd is with us. I want to get into BlackRock. I want to get into the the housing market with you. When we come back from this short break, it's the InfoWars War Room brought to you by InfoWarsStore.com with our guest, Edward Dowd. Sold out for months. X3 is now back in stock. Ladies and gentlemen, just like our information is game-changing, our products are game-changing, and so many people are deficient in iodine. It's not the soil anymore. Most of it in the ocean is contaminated, but when you get high-quality triiodine, all three of the healthy types together, it does amazing things for your stamina, your libido, but most importantly, your immune system. So, X3 
the only triiodine on the market, highest grade, is now exclusively available again at 50% off at InfoWarsTore.com. If you've not experienced clean, pure iodine and what it does for your body, it takes about two weeks to kick in on average, you really need to experience X3. Those of you that have tried it and used it, I know you're going to be reordering it. But particularly those that haven't ever tried the product, you need it because it's amazing what it does for your body. It's the good halogen, not the bad halogen, and it funds the info war, a true 360 win. So again, X3, back in stock, 50% off for a limited time. The CEO of Pfizer just came out and said that people talking bad about the vaccines are working for, quote, dark forces, that the FBI and CIA have been advising him on who these evil groups are. They know that all over the world, their poison shot is being banned by major governments. And Moderna's in trouble as well. They know that the people are starting to get wise to this depopulation agenda. In fact, evidence is starting to mount that the shots were supposed to be soft kill weapons, but they're so deadly, they're killing a higher percentage up front. And so people are waking up. The weapons work a little too good. They're supposed to be silent weapons for quiet wars, but instead, they're making too big of a noise. But it's too late for them to turn back now. They're coming after our children. So it's up to us to protect our little children, or God will not look favorably on us. Remember, God is watching. The War Room. Infowars.com forward slash show. Edward Dowd is with us here on the InfoWars War Room. By the way, if you want to follow his fin twits, as he called it, or fine twits, financial Twitter account, at Dowd Edward, that's D-O-W-D Edward, or on Getter, Edward Dowd. And so that's where you can follow his work, and he's with us here on the War Room. Um, let's get kind of back to where we left off, but, but I, I want to kind of get more specific on some things. When you talk about the debt bubble and and inevitable collapse with that bubble and it's worse in Europe than America, what about BlackRock? I mean, does BlackRock really have the billions of dollars that they that they are executing with right now to buy up all these houses, buy up all this property, buy up people's music? I mean, just owning anything and everything they can get their hands on. Do they really have just billions and billions of cash? liquid assets to purchase this, or are they also in a debt bubble like everyone else? Well, you know, I left BlackRock in 2012 and I signed a separation agreement that, you know, where I can't say anything disparaging and nor would I, but factually I can say that BlackRock and Vanguard are both asset managers and they've gotten uh, large over the years through the um, advent of passive investments. And passive investments are not actively managed, which is what I used to do. I used to be an active fundamental manager. And so they've acquired over the years due to um, uh, the market shifting from active management to passive management, enormous amounts of assets. So it's not their money. It's their clients' money. So they don't have large pools of cash to go do whatever they want. Uh, there are certain restrictions on, on them. And, you know, people put their money into certain investment uh, funds that have different, um, you know, laws and, 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 and rules around which they can invest. So, you know, that's as, that's as far as I can go. I know, I do know that um, Charlie Munger from Berkshire Hathaway 
has been, I think he wrote a, an op-ed article or he wrote, he wrote something in the Wall Street Journal recently um, complaining about the fact that um, passive investments uh, concentrate too much power into, into uh, one hand. Uh, the way it used to work when fundamental, fundamental investors um, were more prevalent, you know, I ran a fund of $14 billion and we would vote on the shareholder votes, Me, you know, myself and my co-portfolio manager with the help of uh, third party services guiding us. So, I, you know, that could be a question to look at is what's, you know, Charlie Munger's brought it up, you know, concentration of power. But that's that's as far as I can go. Those are just facts. Yeah, I, I didn't mean you to put you on the spot there. And in fact, I can kind of draw back and, and re-ask the question, I guess, so that you can answer it, because it really goes beyond BlackRock. I mean, I guess the question is, how much of our industries, our business, Fortune 500, startup companies, whatever, how much of these companies actually even operate outside of the red? I mean, what percentage of companies, I mean, colleges, everything, are in a consistent pattern of debt. Well, you know, one of the one of the greatest um, little known secrets on Wall Street is uh, because of the easy money policy since the great financial crisis, corporate America has been on a borrowing binge. Now, a lot of a lot of the Fortune 500 is profitable, but they've also gone out and levered up their balance sheets to buy back stock, and they buy back their own stock. And, you know, in many ways, that's a return of capital to shareholders, but it also, you know, reduces the amount of shares available in the market, which tends to over time put the price up, which, you know, if you want to get philosophical about this, corporate America has borrowed money to buy back stock to make the CEOs and CFOs um, stock options go higher. I mean, that's the cynical look at it. Which is just another bubble on top of a bubble or inside of a bubble, if you will. Correct. I mean, so the, the, the debt, there's sovereign debt, there's corporate debt, there's personal debt, there's debt, debt, debt. That's that's where we are. Well, and, and look. I, I, OK, go ahead. Uh, look, you said, you know, the, the people who know how the money system works know it blows up at some point. Even they don't know when it blows up, but it'll begin at a point where, you know, how does it begin? One country somewhere, because this is a sovereign debt problem, one country somewhere goes belly up that's of, of um you know, a systemic threat to the whole system. And then it spreads like wildfire and it's uncontainable. So what they fear, the people who run the show from the money, if I was a central banker, what I fear is um, a giant margin call that I can't control with liquidity. So, you know, at some point it gets away from them and they lose control. I want to get back to the centralization um, that we were discussing, but I want to continue here with the debt talk because Let's talk about the attitude on debt, because I've seen how it's approached as far as some people talking about it in in financial podcasts or markets or YouTube. I've seen the application of it in business. And that's basically why wouldn't you leverage as much debt as you possibly can? Like you called it earlier, it's like the free money phenomenon. It's like, why wouldn't you take as much free money as possible? My I mean. Personally, I, I don't like that mentality. I don't like that approach. I'd rather never go into debt. But am I a fool? Is that the fool's approach? Is the fool's approach to never go into debt? Or is the fool's approach to always be in debt? What do you think the establishment's mindset is uh, from, the, from the upper realms of the financial influencers? And then what is your attitude on debt? So, you know, debt is a double-edged sword. Our, our monetary system is what's called a debt-based monetary system. So for every dollar that's printed, there's a corresponding debt. 
and then we have credit creation. So since the, the, the advent of the Federal Reserve in 1913, we have a series of booms and busts that are driven by the credit cycle. And in the current iteration, since the great financial crisis with the suppression of interest rates, the closer you are to the money printing machine, if you're very, very wealthy and you're a private client at JP Morgan, you can borrow uh, money from JP Morgan. I don't know what the rates are now, but I remember a couple of years ago, you could borrow money at 1%. And then uh, you can then take that money and go speculate in the stock market if you want. And that's been a good, that's been a good bet. The problem is, you know, when the Federal Reserve creates credit, they don't, they don't control where the credit goes. They have no control over that. Um, so it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a system that's beyond their control. Uh, and their dials are uh, short-term interest rates and quantitative easing and, and that kind of thing. They can't control um, the long end of the bond market. So this is a good game until the party ends. Um, and when the party ends, there's a margin call. And if you're not out, uh, you know, if you haven't reduced your leverage, um, you know, you could go bankrupt. And that's what happened in the great financial crisis, as you remember. Everyone was levered up to their eyeballs on, on homes. And then, and then uh, you know, the party ended and the rug was pulled. And uh, some people were uh, devastated by the, uh, the downturn. And, and, and how, how organic is that rug pullout? Um, it, 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 it's actually built into the system. It's not, it's not planned, per se. So, you know, a little known fact of the 20 or so recessions we've had, 18 of them were due to the Federal Reserve's withdrawing the credit, you know, when they raise interest rates or tighten the money supply. Um, something eventually gets exposed. Usually great fraud gets exposed when uh, the punch bowl is taken away. And that's how you know, the Enron fraud and the WorldCom fraud were exposed when the Fed started tightening interest rates. It's not, it's not a bunch of guys in a room chomping on cigars smoking. It's just the nature of the system. The system is the, system is, is the problem. The system... Is was a design flaw from the get-go. It creates uh, through credit creation an economic boom. The economic boom leads to excess. Excess leads to fraud. Then they need to tighten the money supply because inflation starts to creep in, and then and then the whole thing blows up and we start again. The problem we have now is that we're at the end of it. I mean, there's no there's no more lender. And, and, and as they say, there's no such thing as free money. Edward Dowd is with us. We'll continue this conversation on the other side. I've been on air more than 25 years. And long before I started selling high-quality vitamin D3 eight years ago, I've been promoting people taking vitamin D3 because it is essential. And if you're not getting sunshine every single day, whether you're black or white or Hispanic, it doesn't matter. Your body will be susceptible and wide open to so many of the threats that are out there. It's just like you need oxygen. You die in four minutes without oxygen. You die in five or six days without water. You die in a month without food. Well, that's because these key minerals and elements and vitamins are in the food that you need. And one of the most important for your immune system and your overall health is vitamin D3. We have the highest quality in winter sun with vitamin K that boosts all your body's defenses available right now for 50% off at InfoWarStore.com. Everybody, old, young, black, white, you need vitamin D3. This is the best quality out there and it funds the InfoWar 50% off. Infowars.com forward slash show. Trigger warning. This broadcast contains subject matter that might trigger liberal snowflakes. It's the war room with Owen Schroyer. 
Share this message right now at band.video. And Edward Dowd is our guest, seemingly from the uh, beautiful state of Hawaii. Is that where you're located? I'm in Maui, yes. Well, lucky you. I hope that the uh, weather continues to bless you there. It looks like a beautiful day. Uh, I want to continue our discussion here, but I want to put it into something a little more applicable, a little more palpable, something the audience can kind of sink their teeth into. I want to read for you uh, some stats here. A home just sold for $749,000. Average wage is approximately $54,000. The last time this house was sold was 1976 for $29,500 when the average wage was $9,200. It was approximately three-point times the average wage in 1976. Now it is approximately 13.8 times the average wage in 2022. Then this person asks if Bitcoin fixes this, but we can get back to the Bitcoin issue. I just want to focus on these numbers. And then this report came out last week. The average home in 481 American cities, and these are obviously some of the more bigger cities, the average home, the more populous ones, the average home is now over $1 million, over $1 million in 481 U.S. cities. Now, again, you can take the average wage of America, which is about 54000 If If we want to do a uh, maybe try to adjust the numbers for being an inner city or a big metropolitan area, maybe sixty five, seventy thousand, maybe. But it's still the same numbers bearing out. You're looking at about 15 times the average wage for home value. And we've seen this increase in the last 40 to 50 years. Um Edward, how would you explain that? Is that something natural? Is that central banks? Is that centralization of housing markets? How do you react to that, those type of statistics? Um, it's simple. Um, with the credit-based monetary system we have, when you create credit, it's inflationary, okay? So since um, you know, the 70s when we had raging inflation and high interest rates, interest rates have come down. There's been this great um, inflation in uh, asset values of stock markets, real estate, and the, it's money and credit was created and to speculate in the stock markets and the real estate markets. So it's driven up the average home price beyond many people's means. Um, you know, the Federal Reserve and uh, the uh, government put out, well, the Federal Reserve doesn't put out, but the government would put out inflation statistics. And, and, and they only measured, you know, certain goods that left out food and energy. But there has been a deflation in consumer goods because remember what we did. Um, the uh, the um, oligarchs and powers that be decided to be a good idea to export all our industries to China and take advantage of the wage gap. So for many years, we were able to buy goods cheaper and cheaper from China. So it seemed like things were OK, but home prices continue to creep up over time. And it just became and, and healthcare creep crept up over time and college crept up over time. So you're able to buy a big screen TV. Uh, isn't that fabulous? But uh, you can't send your kid to college or own a home. So it's due to credit creation. And there's been hidden inflation in asset. We call it asset inflation. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and so I think that, you know, I, I wrote down your quote here, home prices have gone beyond people's means. I think that that's, you know, that's the issue. And you, you, you've explained why. So now the question is, 
what is the solution? I mean, you could say Bitcoin or is there a correction in the market? I mean, this can't go on forever. I mean, you can't have the average person not being able to own a home forever. That's not the American way, at least that I think we would want to be the American way. So what is the solution to this? Well, if you're um, uh, closer to the central banks, you want to keep the system as it is. Uh, clearly, if we have a sovereign debt collapse, we need a new system. And so what I believe is coming is, uh, look, every great evil brings forth a great good. And I think we're coming to a renaissance and that's, we're going to have to go through some trouble and turbulence, obviously, over the next several years. But a new system has to emerge and it can't be debt based. And that would uh, take care of the problem. But until then, I mean, I, I can't see a solution that I can offer given the current constraints of the system. So there needs to be a new system. The, the problem is always be leery of those offering you the new system. You know, are they the ones um, who know how it works and can control it? But something new has to emerge. And what we've got now is um, the end of a, of a, of a hundred year credit cycle. And it's just the end of one of the, the, the ways of American life. And that's having a family and, and having your home to live in. It's a, it's, it's sadly a rare thing these days. But so one of the one of the solutions that people believe in, and I just want to put a caveat on this, because this is one of my biggest problems with the Bitcoin commentator influencer community is uh, community is, is Bitcoin is the answer for everything. I mean, you got cancer, Bitcoin, everything, Bitcoin, this Bitcoin, that it's like, no, Bitcoin is a risk. Bitcoin is a gamble. just like anything else. Let's call it what it is. But I guess they have all their money in Bitcoin. So they just want to fluff it up as much as possible. And never tell you there's negatives. I don't want somebody to invest in Bitcoin and lose everything and then blame me. So I'm just telling you, Bitcoin is not the answer to everything, like some people would tell you, but it is a solution that people are running to. It is a solution that people have proposed, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin right now being the leading one. What are your thoughts on Bitcoin? Is a new cryptocurrency uh, just our own financial system, digital financial system without government in involvement worldwide? Is that a potential solution? Uh, you know, look, I, I missed the whole Bitcoin wealth creation. I mean, I was... Um you know, I, I, I was a skeptic and then I missed the boat, but I do believe in freedom. And I think the Bitcoiners, uh, you know, one of their biggest um, bullet points as to why you want to be involved in Bitcoin is freedom. Um, and, you know, it can't be grabbed or taken away, although the government seemed to be scrambling to figure out a way to do that. Oh, yeah, uh, they're I, running to figure it out right now. Having, having said that, Bitcoin um, I will warn people, Bitcoin is a, also a, a creature of the credit system because money from uh, other sources flows into it. So a lot of people seem to think that if um, we have a credit collapse and a sovereign debt collapse, that Bitcoin's going to go straight up. You know, Bitcoin in an initial credit crisis will go down because everything gets sold on margin call. So everything goes down initially. Bitcoin may recover and go to new highs. But if you're owning, if you're putting all your money into Bitcoin right now, hoping to weather the storm, you may take a 50, 60 percent haircut initially um, before it goes back up again. So I I, I would warn against, you know, putting money in Bitcoin as a hedge against a collapse, you know, at least initially, maybe long, you know, if you're a long term holder, you know, do what you want to do. But if you're if you have short term money issues, do not be putting a ton of money into any one thing. So long term hedge, maybe, but short term hedge, way too risky. And and I would agree with you. And in fact, I mean. Because I look at it like this. I, I think you, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. And obviously, this is a time-consuming time thing. It's like, okay, I want to have a savings account. Maybe I want to have precious metals. Maybe I want to have cryptocurrency. Maybe I want to have all of them. I mean, what do you think is the smartest thing for people to do right now 
Is it is it owning property, a house, commodities? I mean, what is the smartest thing for somebody to do right now, if possible, to hedge against a financial collapse? Well, um, I don't like to give investment advice, and the timing on this is very uncertain. It could happen, you know, starting. It's maybe it's already started. Uh, maybe it happens next year. Maybe it happens in nine months. But you know, people have been calling me uh, that are close to me and ask me what to do. And I said, it doesn't hurt to have some of your portfolio in cash and cash, you know, right now is trash because of the inflation numbers. But if there is a credit crisis and a financial collapse, you know, you could take advantage of that. Or uh, if they shut your bank account down. I mean, that's the thing. Well, uh, yeah. And if, you know, you might want to have cash in different banks. You might want to have cash in a brokerage account, uh, which is not a bank, uh, and put it in a money market fund which, um, you know, is a safe, uh, a relatively safe investment. Um, you know, uh, cash is something that in a financial crisis, there's always opportunities when there is um, uh, mayhem and chaos. And J.P. Morgan, act like J.P. Morgan did 100 years ago, buy when there's blood in the streets. So you want to have what we call in the financial industry dry powder. Cash is dry powder to take advantage of dislocations from other people being over leveraged and, and up to their eyeballs in debt. So do you prefer the inside the mattress, uh, you know, buried underground, <laughs> up under the hat, maybe the shoe and the sock? Edward Dowd is with us. All right, we've talked <laughs> a lot of financial stuff, and it's been great with Edward Dowd. Let's switch it up. Let's see what Edward Dowd thinks about the situation in Canada and some of the other woke culture stuff going on. Final segment with Edward Dowd on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Two life-changing, life-empowering products are now back in stock after being sold out for months at InfoWarsStore.com. Winter Sun is the highest quality organic vitamin D3 taken under the tongue. It also has vitamin K, critical for your immune system and so much more. It's 50% off despite the fact it's going to sell out very, very quickly because everybody needs this. Old, young, black, white, it doesn't matter. You need what's in Winter Sun. And then we have Brain Force Ultra Super fast acting, amazing, clean, nootropic system that is a complement to Brain Force Plus and, of course, Turbo Force. All three of these are different formulas, but all three of them take your mind and take your focus and clarity and alertness to the next level. It is 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com for a limited time. Thank you all for your support. If you haven't tried these products, you really need to because they are amazing. InfoWarsStore.com. I don't like coming to you and saying this could be our last broadcast. Hell, I've been on there 27 years, and only the last year or so have I said that. But let me tell you, the new world order is breathing down our neck. The big globalist publications are coming after us, and they're doing everything they can to shut us down. So please pray to keep InfoWars on the air, and please support the local station you're listening to as well. At the same time, go to InfoWarsStore.com while you still can, and get a book, get a film, get a t-shirt. Get some supplements because it's that money that helps us stay on air in the face of this thing. I need your help more than ever now. I want to keep fighting the globalists, but I can't do it if you don't support us. So pray for us, word of mouth, tell folks about the broadcast however you can, and buy great products that will enrich you and your family's lives every day at InfoWarsStore.com. Whether it's high-quality coffee or supplements or books or films, all of it nurtures the soul, all of it empowers humanity, all of it is pro-human and pro-God. Thank you so much. The War Room. Infowars.com forward slash show. All 
All right, final segment with Edward Dowd. Again, follow him on Twitter at Dowd Edward or on Getter at Edward Dowd. And, you know, there's a lot of other stuff going on. I'm sure that uh, you obviously love talking about financial markets and stuff. You're an expert on it. But I bet you have opinions on some other things, too. Uh, what are some other things that you're that you're following right now, you're paying attention to, that you're, that you're curious about, whether it's Russia, Ukraine, the situation in Canada with the truckers and the Freedom Convoy, or just some of the, the craziness that's going on with uh, men dressing as women, showering with girls at camps and sleeping in their in their camp sites too. Uh, what else is on your mind, Edward? Well, let's talk Ukraine. I mean, look, um, we're at the point now where the idiocy of the government is for everyone to see. And uh, this Ukrainian situation is a wag the dog. I'm waiting for um, someone to start throwing shoes on telephone poles like in the movie and, uh, you know, rallying around Ukrainian, uh, the Ukrainian president. I mean, it's, it's nonsense. I mean, this is a manufactured... I was just talking to a guy on Wall Street before I got on here with you. We're talking about how the mainstream media is trying to sell this thing to the American public. It's disgusting. And we all, you know, those of us who are awake and the the awakening is going rapidly, I I might add. Um, People see this for what for what it is. We have no business being in Ukraine. Um, It's a it's a um, corrupt oligarchy uh, that um, the Bidens are involved in. We know this, it, you, you know, this, this, this is a joke. The fact that the mainstream media won't talk about this and, 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 and you know, inform the citizenry. Um, this is a disgusting display of, um, of, of, of CIA uh, and NSA at work and, you know, trying to get us into war with the Pentagon and, and Biden. They, they needed a distraction to hide the deaths that are mounting from the vaccines. So this is kabuki theater at its best. You can tell I'm a little agitated by this. <laughs> well, and you should be because, I, I mean, I, I was trying to control myself. I was getting a little red in the face. I think smoke was coming out of my ears. I played a clip of Biden earlier. He spoke today. He said that the price of Ukrainian freedom is going to be high and we're going to have to pay it. What? So you're going to launch a war that nobody wants and we're going to have to pay the price with higher gas prices, worse inflation, worse supply chain crisis. And, you know, here's the interesting thing to me, and, and I'd kind of like Europe opinion on this because you've got uh, more experience on this planet than I do. But what I've, what, what, what's odd to me here is, is it just, is it political hackery? How is it that we went from eight years of the Bush administration and liberal Democrats being anti-war at all costs to now in the Biden administration, seemingly, at least in the media, leftist liberals, Democrats, they want the war. Now, you still have the same Republican warmongers clamoring for war, Lindsey Graham and Liz Cheney, like just like her father would. But I mean, so is it political loyalty like, oh, Biden wants war, so I want it. Oh, Bush wants war, for I want it. To me, I see most people don't want a war. So, I mean, from your perspective, seeing how the people are responding, seeing how the media is responding, seeing how things have changed from the liberal left being anti-war to now pro-war. I mean, how do you explain all that? Well, you know, look. Um my father said when I was young um, that Washington, D.C., the bureaucratic state, the permanent employees viewed the presidents and the Congress people and the senators as temporary help. And so, you know, we're not really run by these people. There's a bureaucratic state that has its own momentum. And the bureaucratic state wants to go to war with Russia. And, you know, if you look closely at the Bushes and the Obamas and the uh, Clinton's, it's the uniparty. They all like war. 
And war seems to be something that this country uh, likes to get into, despite what the people want. And it's we're at the end. We're at the end of that con. That con is over. Um, it's just done. And uh, they're going to have. A, I, I think someone told me that Biden did say they won't commit any troops on the ground. I think they probably ran some poll numbers and figured out that that wasn't going to fly. So it's going to be one of these, you know, assist the you know giving the Ukrainian army troops uh or as, as you know weapons and and just nonsense i mean so we're, we're gonna go to war without putting troops on the ground what does that mean i, I you know i don't know but yeah they war, don't have to explain it either and the media won't ask no i mean there, there's no journalism uh that's in i mean we got some people that ask tough questions but you know it's it's a joke yeah i wish we had julian assange free right now and by the way, I mean, Biden is even kind of lying about that. They did send troops to Europe. Uh, there are troops that are stationed in Europe. I guess it doesn't count if they're flying Black Hawk helicopters above Poland or Ukraine. I guess that doesn't count as boots on the ground since they're in the air. Uh, a little play on words, I guess they'll use as an excuse there. But I, I do wonder, I mean, what are they going to do? Because to me, most of, the, most of the public doesn't want this war. In fact, I don't know anybody that does. I mean, whether they're liberal, conservative, somewhere in the middle, centrist, you know, freedom lovers, mandate lovers, whatever. To me, huh. I, I don't see I don't see any people clamoring for a war with Russia or Ukraine. Just just the media lapdogs. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a uh, beltway thing. It's the bureaucratic class, the permanent state, the deep state, whatever you want to call it. Um, the problem we have is that this corruption's always been there. It was just a lot smaller smaller because the government was a smaller part of the economy grown over time and to become, um, you know, the, uh, the crack, the crack in that it is, it's, it's, it's subsuming everything that, you know, after the 2021, 2020, the government was 40% of the GDP. That's a problem. It just, it's, 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 and, and people are starting to realize it's a problem because it's starting to invade every aspect of our lives, our medical choices, you know, taxes, you know, you know, it just, it's just, it's so invasive, it's becoming apparent to all something's broken. Yeah, I mean, heck, if uh, if you want to get a startup, maybe a home renovation company in Northern Virginia or D.C., probably about to uh, go gangbusters if their uh, stocks go up like uh, Lockheed or Boeing or, or Raytheon whenever they start to saber rattle for these wars. Maybe if they go up high enough, they'll leave us alone. Uh, but uh, I doubt it. What do you make of the Freedom Convoy in Canada? Because to me, that should be our big concern. Not what's going on between Ukraine and Russia, but what's going on with our northern neighbor in Canada. I mean, Trudeau is the biggest tyrant in, in, in Western history. I don't even think that can be debated anymore. Oh, absolutely not. Look, the um, Freedom Convoy has really rattled the establishment class in Canada and in, and in D.C. because, you know, that, that could come here. Um, what it's, you know, there was a brilliant article written by, I, I, I can't remember the name, but it, it was an article talking about um, there's two classes of people, the virtuals and the physicals. And the physicals, you know, deliver goods and services to the country. They build homes. They drill oil. Uh, they, 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 they man the uh, retail shops. Um, and this is vi being viewed by the elites, the virtual people that, you know, control the media and, and, and the perception, uh, the narrative as, a, as an existential threat. Because now people are awakening to the fact that all you have to do is stop the trucks. And, you know, someone said on one of these Twitter uh, videos that if you, if you stop delivering goods to New York City, they run out of food in three days. So this is an existential threat to their power. They know that. 
and they're going full hog wild draconian right now to shut it down. I think it's going to backfire. Um, you know, Justin Trudeau is, you know, there's internet chatter and good proof emerging that he was a benefit in the Pfizer Moderna uh, vaccine through a firm called Acuitas, which resides in Canada and has the patents on the, uh, the nanolipid uh, technology that's used in all the vaccines. If that comes to light, that's a disaster for him. And also, it's curious, you know, he did order 10 times the amount of vaccines needed for his population. So there's a lot of strange things going on with Justin Trudeau, and uh, it's an existential threat. Now, the problem is, this is going kinetic in Canada. And the fear on Wall Street, as I said on Steve Bannon's show Saturday, is that this starts to go kinetic uh, here as well at some point, because the regulators and the government are in on this fraud, it looks like. And if the regulators aren't coming to save us like they have you know, past financial uh, fraud frauds, it goes kinetic at some point, not, not from the peaceful protesters, but from the authoritarian governments. And that's that's why I predicted we're going to see some things we haven't seen in this country in a long time in the next four to five months. It's going to get super chaotic and weird and strange. And uh, the, the deaths coming to life from the vaccine injuries and, and the maimed uh, vaccine injured. I mean, it, the numbers are just the, the I mean, anecdotes are flying. People are aware they can't hide this too much longer. Yeah. And it doesn't take a genius to understand, hey, if I've got stock and vaccine manufacturers and I mandate vaccines, my stock will go up. Hey, if I have yeah. stock in weapons manufacturers and I start a war, my stocks will go up. Maybe this is how our politicians got so rich over the years because uh, they didn't make it on a government salary. Uh, Edward Dowd, thank you so much. Great stuff as always. Keep up the intrepid work you're doing with your media tours uh, on social media as well. And thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Owen. And I just want to give a shout out to you. Thanks for your bravery and the uh, unfortunate uh, uh, DOJ uh, activity in your life. Uh, I know you're, you know, you had nothing to do with that. And uh, I, I admire people like you. And thank you for being one of the voices for freedom. Well, I appreciate that, Edward. Thank you so much. It was great to talk Take- to you today. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. What a great interview that was. Share that far and wide. We'll be uploading that interview in its entirety to band.video on the War Room channel. Share that with your friends and family. We'll be right back. The globalist social engineers always intended to push their COVID biomedical tyranny lockdowns until the populations rebelled. They would then use that as the pretext for permanent martial law and banning and arresting anybody that speaks out against their lives. But because of so many scientists and engineers and researchers and others coming public and, and whistleblowers, now their whole project is falling apart because the people are aware that it is a world government corporate takeover. And so it's pulling back the curtain now more than ever. The problem is some globalist-controlled areas are not going to give up on their takeover, like Canada, where they've now declared a civil emergency and martial law in Ontario, and other areas of the world are following suit, like Australia. So pray for these folks big time. This is a very serious situation. And stay tuned into InfoWars.com, because truth is absolutely paramount. <laughs> 